You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode seven, Breaking Your Worry Habit. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hey there, Mama. What is up? How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I got an early birthday present in the form of an iTunes review from Mama Danielle. And she wrote, Mama Clarity. Pam is so clear with her delivery on ways to improve yourself and your mama skills. I enjoy listening to her podcast and reading her blog. I hope one day to make her my life coach. Yes, let's do it, Mama Danielle. I love it. So there are two and a half more weeks until my birthday. Let's see how many more reviews we can get so the podcast can be shown to more and more people. Okay, so excited. So today, I want to talk to those of you who are worriers. And that's a lot of you, I know. It seems to be in our job description as moms. My parents have always told me that it doesn't matter how old they get, they're going to worry about me till the day they die. Now, that sounds nice, doesn't it? It sounds so caring and loving. But at the same time, it it sounds awful. Like, who wants to be worried until the day they die? (laughs) And worrying, though some might argue otherwise, isn't an act of love. In fact, get this, in the original form of the word, worry means to harass, strangle, or choke. Isn't that interesting? That's like what we do to ourselves when we worry. We harass, strangle, and choke ourselves. So last week, I introduced you to the self-coaching model, also known, by the way, as the CTFAR model. That stands for Circumstances, Thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. If you missed that episode, episode six, please go back and listen to it. It'll seriously change your life, and it's the foundation of everything I talk about here on the podcast. Okay, so remember, everything in life can be categorized into one of those categories, and worrying is an action. So that goes on the A line of the model. And it's the act of nervously thinking about a problem you could have in the future. Since it's an action, it can feel like we're doing something productive when we worry. Many people even think that if they worry enough, they'll somehow be able to control the outcome of a situation, like the thing they're worried about won't happen. It's like if we just think about all the possible things that could go wrong and all of the worst case scenarios, we're somehow more prepared and in control because the unexpected is so out of our control. But as Eckhart Tolle says in his book, A New Earth, worrying pretends to be necessary, but serves no useful purpose. It's exhausting, and it pulls us away from doing anything that's actually productive. And it's so common to worry, isn't it? Like people do it together in groups. It's like a sport. Sometimes we even tell other people what they should worry about as though we're somehow helping them, right? Like, 
If you have friends whose kids are younger than yours, you might tell them what's coming up for them that they should be worried about. It's it's so fascinating. Hey, I know you think the twos are bad, but just you wait. The threes are way worse. Better start worrying. (laughs) I come from a long line of Jewish worriers. My grandmother, my mom, my dad is a lawyer, so he's actually trained to look for the worst case scenario in every situation. And I struggled with anxiety and panic for years, even before I had kids. And when I became a mom, that all just intensified. I also have provided therapy to kids and adults who suffer from different anxiety disorders, and there are quite a few of them. So today, I want to look at the impact worrying can have on us and our kids and what we can do to minimize it. First of all, some worrying is totally normal. In episode three, I talked about how your primitive brain wants to keep you safe from potential threats. The emotion of fear is our strongest survival signal. It's actually kept us alive and helped us survive as a species. The problem is that nowadays, so many of our fears are totally irrational and unnecessary. Instead of feeling fear of being chased and eaten by a tiger. We feel fear that our kid won't get accepted to the right preschool. And we believe that if they don't, we're probably going to die. (laughs) I've met many moms who live in a constant state of heightened anxiety. This not only affects you psychologically and behaviorally, but it can literally make your body sick. When you worry, your body goes into that fight or flight mode and releases stress hormones such as cortisol and adrenaline that can produce physical symptoms like shortness of breath, dizziness, headaches, muscle tension, nausea, right? Our bodies can handle being stressed for short periods of time, but they weren't designed to be in that state long term. The excessive flooding of stress hormones in the body can be toxic and cause serious physical problems in the digestive, circulatory, and nervous systems. It can lower your immune system, making you more susceptible to colds and other illnesses. Worrying can also speed up the aging process and lead to depression. Worrying affects the brain by making it harder to focus and to sleep. And I know for most moms, worrying is at its peak at night when they're trying to fall asleep and they just can't turn off those anxious thoughts. Just ask any mom, what keeps you up at night? And you'll hear a ton of answers from, I'm worried my kid won't get good grades, to I'm worried my kid isn't going to fit in at school, to I'm worried my kid is going to get sick or injured or die. And besides negatively impacting you, your worry influences your kids too. The more you communicate to them that the world is a dangerous place, the more likely it is that they'll develop anxiety too. And they'll limit themselves when it comes to exploring new interests, taking healthy risks, and believing in their abilities. As a school counselor, I can tell you that the number of anxious kids I see is significant, and it only seems to be rising. So have I worried you enough about worrying? Like I said, I used to struggle with anxiety big time. 
but I now consider myself a pretty laid back mom. So I believe it is 100% possible to change your worry habit. And the reason I say it's a habit is that it's an action you've practiced over and over again. You learned to worry so you can unlearn it. Whenever I start to worry now, I'm quick to examine my thoughts causing it and decide whether I want to continue, which of course I never do. So here are seven ways I stop my worry that you can start practicing today. Number one, rather than catastrophizing and dwelling on the worst case scenario, I fill my mind with thoughts about the best case scenario. I visualize the absolute best outcome and focus on that instead. So an example of this was just this summer, Marissa went to overnight camp for the first time. I caught myself worrying a few times about her allergies and going to that worst case place in my mind where she would ingest dairy and need to use her EpiPen and she'd end up in the hospital and then I'd feel guilty about sending her and so on and so forth. So I made a conscious choice to imagine picking her up at the end of camp and hugging her tightly, seeing the smile on her face and hearing her tell me about what an amazing time she had and all the things she learned and all the friends she had made. And guess what? That best case scenario that I envisioned is exactly what happened. Now, I could have spent the entire time worrying, but instead, I enjoyed myself while she was away, thinking about how much fun she was having. So number two, I play the what if game all the way to the end. Anxiety loves to ask, what if? So this is similar to number one, but it sounds like this. My brain will ask, what if Marissa ingests dairy at camp? And I'll answer, then she'll use her EpiPen and go to the hospital. Then my brain asks, well, what if she never wants to be away from home again and develops a severe anxiety disorder? Well, we'll get her into therapy and help her to feel safe again. But what if she blames me for everything and resents me for sending her to camp? And so on and so on, right? So whenever I play this game all the way to the end, the answer always comes down to one thing. I'll handle it. Getting rid of worry then is largely a matter of trusting myself more and believing that I can handle anything. My coach, Brooke Castillo, says that the worst that can happen is just a feeling. And I know that I can handle any feeling. Number three, instead of worrying, I take purposeful action. If I'm anxious that my daughters won't know how to resist peer pressure, for example, then I'll be proactive and have a discussion with them about it. The more I can prepare them to handle different circumstances through role play, modeling, conversations, and actual experiences, the better and more certain I'll feel that they're equipped to make good decisions when I'm not around. I let Marissa administer her own EpiPen once when she needed it and I was there with her. And since then, she's had to do it a few times when I wasn't around. So I felt completely confident knowing that she could do it at camp if needed. I also create more certainty by checking food labels carefully, making sure I pack her food when she goes out, and washing my hands and face after I eat something dairy. Number four, I don't watch the news. The media 
really does a number on my psyche and makes it seem like everyone is out to get me and my kids. So I don't subject myself to that sensationalism and that gloom and doom mentality anymore. I listen to podcasts instead. And when something really newsworthy happens, trust me, I always hear about it. Number five, I focus on the facts. Remember, facts are neutral. It's your thoughts that cause you to feel anxious. So I'll ask myself, what are the facts of my situation? What do I need to learn more about? Most of what we worry about happening never actually happens. A while ago, I read a book called Free Range Kids by Lenore Skenazy and immediately started recommending it to everyone I knew, and even people I didn't know. (laughs) If you're not familiar with the book or her story, basically, after Lenore's nine-year-old son begged her for weeks to let him ride the New York City subway alone, she finally agreed when she felt confident he was ready to handle it. She wrote a column about her experience as a mom and his happy rite of passage for the New York Sun, And she quickly became the center of public debate and was dubbed the worst mother in the world in 2008. Can you imagine being called that on national TV? The controversy led her to write a book about the importance of giving kids more freedom without making ourselves sick with worry. The book really helped to relieve a lot of my own fears about my kids' safety and realize how many of them were irrational. She shares lots of statistical data and research that proves we don't have as much to worry about as we think. And she provides steps to take to start giving your kids more independence in a way that's comfortable for you. I highly recommend it. I'm going to link to it in today's show notes. Number six, I focus on the present moment. I love the mantra, be here now, to snap me out of worrying. Since worry is always future-focused, whenever I catch myself doing it, I need to be reminded of what's actually happening. So I'll use all of my senses to bring me back into the present moment. I'll literally touch things around me and notice whether they're hard or soft, hot or cold. I'll notice how my feet feel on the floor or how my back feels up against the chair. I'll notice any smells or sounds, and remind myself that right now, everything is okay. Right now, in this moment, I'm safe. Number seven, I practice deep breathing. Breathing is a self-care strategy that we often take for granted because we breathe so automatically and we're not usually conscious of it. But when we're anxious and stressed, our breathing becomes more rapid and shallow. Deep breathing counteracts stress by relaxing the body and quieting the mind. Abdominal breathing, or breathing from the diaphragm, is the body's natural way of breathing when we're asleep. It's deeper and slower than the way you tend to breathe when you're awake, also called chest breathing. I actually learned all about abdominal breathing in high school. I went to a school for the arts for musical theater, and in our voice classes, our teacher made us all lie down on the floor to practice our breathing. She'd actually take her foot with her shoe on and step on us and yell at us to make her foot move up and down by breathing from our diaphragm. 
man, we all thought she was crazy. If that happened today, there'd be a lawsuit against her and the school so fast she wouldn't know what hit her. But back then, I didn't even mention it to my parents. So you don't need to have anyone step on you, although I'm sure your kids would enjoy it. But if you're listening to this at home, you can try this exercise. Don't do this while you're driving. (laughs) Close your eyes and just breathe normally. You put one hand on your abdomen and the other on your chest. And without trying to do anything differently, just notice your breath. Which hand rises the most when you inhale? The hand on your chest or your abdomen? If your abdomen doesn't move or moves less than your chest, then you're breathing from your chest. Okay, then lie down and do the same thing. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Focus on making your abdomen rise and fall with each breath so you can feel how it should be moving when you're standing or sitting. And with practice, it'll all start to feel more natural. When you consciously breathe from your diaphragm, you can actually normalize your heart rate, reduce anxiety, process information with more clarity, and access that wise owl and her problem-solving skills. This kind of breathing is the easiest and fastest way to bring about calm before, during, and after a stressful situation. I used to have a screensaver on my phone that said, inhale, exhale, repeat, just to remind me to breathe. Okay, so those are seven strategies that you can try the next time you start to worry about something. Imagine the best case scenario. Play the what if game all the way to the end. Take purposeful action. Stop watching the news. Focus on the facts. Remind yourself to be here now and breathe. (laughs) I feel so much better already, don't you? Okay, that's what I have for you today. Don't forget that I offer three free mini sessions a week to take everything I talk about on the podcast and help you apply it to your own life. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini to get a spot on my calendar. And please leave me a birthday review. I'll talk to you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you like this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com. <laughs>